0: Tonight we're going to build upon Sunday. Now, know how many of you were here Sunday? How many of you? Any, so you weren't offended that we talked about stupid people, okay? You weren't, okay, good. Because uh, I had to kind of make sure that I said it just right and uh, and realize that. Uh, man the bible when you start reading the bible you get the new living translation and the the message uh, they translate though that word foolish to stupid uh, really well and it's kind of funny sometimes when you read it but really what we realized last sunday morning is that humanity is by our very nature inherently what stupid, stupid. all right and 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 sin we and so that's the the reason we need the wonderful counselor in our life. So we're going to kind of build upon what we talked about uh Sunday. So turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 9. I want you to see this. It's a prophetic declaration of the coming of Christ. We're going to look at it all uh, uh all month long. In fact, I'm kind of behind schedule. I've got, I have two three more names to talk about. This Sunday is Mighty God. Everyone say Mighty God. Uh, And I'd like to preach to you about that because I've been studying that today. But then we've got Everlasting Father. Everyone say Everlasting Father. And then we've got Prince of Peace. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get uh, three topics in in two Sundays before Christmas. So we'll try to work that out. If I have to, we'll use the last Sunday of December, which is after Christmas to finish up on Prince of Peace. But, uh, I want to, I want to build on this thought about the wonderful counselor tonight. Uh, and, and let's just look at this passage. If you don't have your Bible, here it is on the screen. Let's read it. Let's, hey, let's read it out loud together. Here we go. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I'll go on and continue reading. For the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. How many of you appreciate that? Man if you if you're a part of the kingdom of God you are a part of the kingdom of God and it goes on and on there is there's is an he's our everlasting father and his kingdom and his governance goes on and on And I like this part, and peace, he throws that in, there will be no end. Under the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let me just throw this in about the government of God. The Bible says in the last day, or in that, you know, I can't quote the exact verse in Revelation, it says the kingdoms of this world, "...will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever." Let me say that again. You need to understand. You understand the end. You don't know the end of the story? The kingdoms of this world will become or have become. This is a This is what it, I think it actually reads. "...have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever." And so the end of the story, he's in charge, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody say amen. And let me say this to you, and just kind of, you've heard me say it before. In the end, all roads do lead to God, but not all roads lead to heaven. Every knee will bow. No matter what road humanity travels, they will end up having to bow their knee, and confess Him as as Lord. It doesn't mean they're going to heaven. It means they realize who's in charge. And so, uh, in fact, some some of my ministry emphasis this year, uh, this coming year, is going to be about eternity and getting a greater grasp on eternity and realizing that planet Earth is the shortest amount of time you and I'll ever live anywhere. We've got to prepare ourselves for eternity. There's a lot of theology wanting to bring people, heaven to earth. Heaven does not, you know, we can have some heavenly influence on earth, but there's never going to be heaven on earth. Uh, hey, guess what? Uh, uh, this planet earth is terminal. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Okay. So we'll talk about that. But hey, uh, we're looking at this, the fact that he's wonderful counselor. And we realized last Sunday that the talked about the foolish nature of man We're by nature foolish. And I said this, how many of you ever known any really smart people who are foolish? Are stupid. I'm not talking about your intellect. I'm talking about our very nature. Uh, You know, in fact, some of the smartest people can be some of the most foolish people. I told you about the guy who evidently is smart. He actually thinks humanity uh, was born from a chimpanzee uh, mating with a pig. And what did we say last Sunday? Now that's just stupid. (laughs) Tell somebody. Let's all do it out loud. Get it off your chest. Now that's just stupid. It's just stupid. And so uh, so I think it interesting that the prophecy concerning the coming of the Son of Man to planet Earth, the first name that is given to him by the prophetic anointing of God on Isaiah, is he's wonderful counselor. He's going to come and bring his wisdom to a foolish world and the word counselor uh means uh there it's kind of an interesting word you put them together i kind of came up with this miraculous uh wise counsel that brings resolution uh and uh, and conclusion and understanding to the question marks of life and that's what jesus does amen he comes and brings counsel and wisdom. He brings clarity to the conflict and clarity to the confusion and, and wisdom to the places where we don't we we absolutely are befuddled about. And so uh when you look in scripture and I would encourage you to do this, especially in, in uh in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and really throughout the New Testament. Maybe if you want to pull out one of those uh paraphrases and, and compare, you'll find that humanity is inherently stupid. Okay, and we need wonderful counselors. The first thing you need is some wisdom from God uh, and revelation from God. And so uh, we I gave you some, quote, well-respected thoughts about stupidity just for fun. We'll rehearse them. Uh, sin makes us stupid. Everybody say, sin makes us stupid. It does. You can't help it. It's just its nature. Uh, and Psalm 39, 8 says, deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the reproach of the foolish or the stupid. In other words, our sin nature makes us stupid. And then number two, we can't fix stupid with stupid. Have you ever known anybody, or have you ever? Let's all be honest, because I have. Anybody here ever jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire? What was that? That was stupid. (laughs) It was stupid. But somehow we think, you know, somehow stupid plus stupid equals not stupid. No, stupid plus stupid equals really stupid, right? And so, and we all now, as we look back, we go, man, I was really stupid back then. Not now as much, but back then. And in some areas, we kind of lean back on that way. But you can't, and you know, Proverbs twenty six eleven. I quoted it, uh, Sunday, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. So a stupid person keeps going back to the same old, same old, thinking they're going to get a different result. No, you can't fix stupid with stupid. And number three, to kind of get, scare us off of our stupidity, stupid never stays secret. There's no such thing as a closet stupid person. It just comes out. It's just, it just, you can't help it. Uh You know, uh uh, there's a lot of scriptures that I gave you, but Proverbs 18, a fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. So, in other words, it's just going to come, come bubbling out somewhere. And, and, uh, I've, one of my biggest areas and maybe could still be is saying, thinking, not thinking before I speaking. How many of you ever? You know, in fact, Robert Morris says there's like four kinds of people. People who speak or think before they speak. That's not very stupid. That's pretty smart. Then there's people who think while they're speaking. How many of you, that's, you kind of lean that way? You're talking, you're going, oh, I'm thinking the same way. And then there's some people who think after they speak. That's really bad. And then, then there's some people who just don't ever think. They just speak. <laughs> so so uh, that's the way it is with stupid people. They, it's just going to come out somehow, some way. But then we came to this conclusion, contrary to Phil Robertson, Phil Robertson says you can't fix stupid. And how many of you know in our natural level, natural mindset, we can't, de- we can't fix the sin nature of man, can we? We're all natural born what? Sinners. And as a result, we lean and lend ourselves towards the foolish side of life. Uh, we may do some, you know, it's, it's interesting as, as sinners, we can do great things and then all of a sudden we step right in it and go, man, that was so, what did I do that for? <clears throat> and so, contrary to Phil, according to Isaiah 9, stupid has a cure. <coughs> Pardon me, the foolish nature of man has a cure, and his name is Wonderful Counselor. Amen. Ray, could you go get me a glass of water? Thank you. <clears throat> when I start talking, I get a little uh, hair in my throat or something. And so, we talked about fixing the foolish nature of man through the wonderful counsel of God in our life and in embracing, uh, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> the Christ of Christmas. And the wonderful counselor in our life, I love David in Psalm seventy-three. We looked at that. He was in a quandary about how it seemed the the, the sinful people <clears throat> were being blessed, and he was tempted to go that direction. And he needed wisdom about his life. You read it in Psalm seventy-three. He said, "I was I was beside myself <coughs> until, thank you, Gray. I'm I was about to call it quits here. If you don't hurry." <laughs> Uh, until I went into the house or the sanctuary of God. And when we get in his presence, the wonderful counselor can be made manifest in our life. And the things that we don't understand become clear. And he said, when I got into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein And they're in. And he said, I was so foolish. I almost stepped off in the big thick of it until I got into the presence of God. And so, uh, I gave you some words that you can do when you get in his presence, and, and they are these. And then we're gonna, we're gonna look at some scripture, some new scripture here in just a moment. But, uh, when you get in his presence Sunday, I said we reverence him. And we just worship him, and we, and we realize he's mighty God. Listen, let me just, let me just, let's do a little commentary. You need wisdom and revelation from God. There's some areas of our life that, where we, we, we're just stupid, I'm sorry, I don't know any way to say it, Uh, and we need him to help us, you come into his presence and you say, Lord, I know you're the wonderful counselor, and I yield myself to your counselor, to your counsel. I will obey your counsel. And then you just listen, you know, and there's so much in Scripture, uh, especially in Proverbs, about listening, to the instruction of our father and listening to the instruction of God and listening to the voice of wisdom, uh, in our life. And, you know, and so we've got to listen with the intent of obeying and understanding. And then, then we've talked about just asking him. Proverbs 2 says, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding and listen, you know, it's stupid just sit around and say, I'm stupid. Uh, but it's not so stupid to say, hey, I'm stupid, but I know one who's not, and I'm calling out to him. I know one who can help me with my foolishness and help me with my lack of knowledge and my lack of understanding and, and my sinful nature. Uh, and, and I'm going to come into his presence, and I'm going to attune my ear to hear him. And I'm just going to ask him, I need wisdom today, God. And what did James say? He said, if anyone lacks wisdom, let me just say, is there anyone here lacks wisdom? Amen. Uh, Let him ask of God who gives to all men. Everyone say everyone. God, If you ask God for wisdom and you ask in faith, he will give it to you liberally. He said, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to every man liberally, but let him ask in faith without any doubting. Hey, listen, you don't have to doubt the, the wisdom of God in your life. He can, he's smarter than you, he's, hey, when you, when you kind of, if you put the wisdom of God on a, on a scale, uh, which would go eternally this way and eternally that way, and you put yours in the big middle of it, you wouldn't see the line. He's just, he's just, he has it all. And he said, If you lack wisdom, you ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. Amen. But he said, but let us ask in faith, without any doubting, because he who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So if you want the wisdom of God, you've got to have faith enough to come into his presence and reverence him and listen to him and ask him, and he'll begin to give you wisdom. And guess what? Uh, the the foolish things of our life can begin to be healed and fixed and changed and transformed because he came to deal with the sin problem, which involves our foolish nature. And everybody love the Lord. Say Amen. Now, I want to just show you in scripture, uh, I want to look in the New Testament and, and just let the, the wonderful counselor be made manifest by way of scripture to you, uh, with three verses, okay? Uh, and, and the, let's just walk through them, and I want you, if you have your Bible, uh, to turn there, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I just want to show you this, passage of Scripture that reveals the wonderful counselor being made manifest and available to us uh, as as his children. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1 verse 30 uh, says this. Um, yeah, I don't have to give it much context, but it says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us, everyone say for us, Let me back up. But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Everyone say in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Who became for us wisdom from God. Jesus came for us so we would have wisdom from God. He's the wonderful counselor. Just embrace that right there. See, that counsel is available to you. It's available to us, just like I said in James chapter 1. He, he became for us wisdom from God. Uh, and and I'll, not that the order of these things is is important. I kind of think it is. I, I think it's not random here. Uh, but notice the progression. He became for us wisdom from God. What was his first name in Isaiah chapter 9? Wonderful counselor. Okay? He comes in and shines his wisdom in our life Uh and then he became for us righteousness and sanctification. And redemption. I think that's kind of a process. In fact, I just saw it there. That, that might be, uh, you know, you gotta have wisdom to realize, man, I'm lost and without Christ and I need Him. And His, He starts shining a light on your heart and you get born again and you realize that, hey, He gives you His righteousness and then sanctification. Let's just remember sanct- justification is instantaneous, right? When you get born again, you're just as if I'd never sinned. You're justified. But then the sanctification process kicks in, and and that's the process of becoming like Christ. Okay? And so he became for us sanctification, and everybody say redemption. Redemption. How many of you know at some point uh, in our life our body our life will be redeemed into eternity amen he paid for us and redeemed us on the cross uh but our ultimate redemption awaiteth us in eternity with him amen so hallelujah so there's the there's the uh the wonderful counselor uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 now look over to Ephesians chapter 1 uh of course Paul the apostle the same author here different uh, audience Uh, Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I believe it is. In Paul's prayer uh, for them, let me read verse 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory... Now, notice what the first thing he prays for them is... I think this is interesting. I'm not sure the totality of my understanding. He's praying for them that he that the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that your eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And then he goes on to say what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Now, Now, let's... Let's correlate those two verses with Isaiah chapter 9 one more time. I'm just seeing this. Isaiah 9, what's his first name? Wonderful counselor. And the next one is what? Mighty God. That that has to do with powerful, authoritative warrior. Uh, and so look how Paul's praying right in line with that that kind of progression. I'm praying you have the spirit of wisdom. And then he gets down into verse 19. And that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power uh, uh, toward us who... Beca- who... Who believe according to the working of his mighty power, and so on and so forth. So, interesting insight. That's the wonderful counselor. We have, uh, the, we have the, 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 an avenue into the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, look over, go past Philippians and, and fall in Colossians chapter 2. Let me show you this, uh, passage right here. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 through uh, 3. "'For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of Christ.'" That's a a mouthful right there. Both of the Father and of Christ. Now, catch verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, the secret to tapping into the treasure is found being found in Christ. And in our relationship with Him, and tapping into Him uh, in our life as wonderful counselor, and we see Paul the apostle in most every one of his writings. He's 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 praying and talking to these churches and and revealing to them the source of their re, of revelation and insight. And, and you know, I just want to pause right now and and just ask God, Lord, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Hallelujah. How many of you believe? What did, if we ask, and we ask in faith, He gives it to us liberally. Let me just pause and ask you some. How many of you have some questions about God? Is that, come on, you have to actually lift your hand to answer that. How many have some questions about God? You know, I don't think all of our questions about God will be answered till we till we see Him. In fact, the Bible says, "Will when we see Him, we'll we'll." we'll this revelation and, and insight will just explode into our being and we'll we'll understand. Uh, so I don't think in this life we'll ever have all our questions answered. But you know there's some things in your life that God wants to help you with. He wants to reveal to you. Uh, and the spirit of wisdom and revelation can come upon us. In fact, what does Jeremiah 33 3 say? It says, call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. He wants to reveal himself to us. And so we've just got to tap into him and just and just ask him. Uh, you know, some people say, when everything else fails, ask Jesus. You know, pray about it. What about just asking him first uh, before we pay a lot of stupid, you know, time and energy into something when we could just ask him and let him speak to us, amen? And so when we do that, when we begin to embrace the wonderful counselor, let me just say this. The, the blessings and the benefits. Everyone say blessings and benefits. Blessings. The blessings and the benefits of the wonderful counselor in our life are astounding. And so tonight, here's kind of... Uh, I just want to go back to Proverbs. And this is where we're just going to look at some uh, some Proverbs. And as you're turning to Proverbs chapter 1... Uh, Let me say to you, suggest something to you. You, you might want to try this at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, I try to encourage people to develop some kind of discipline reading, uh, format, uh, and devotional in the Word of God. Uh, if you want to develop a habit that will change your life, there's 31 Proverbs. Every month, read a proverb. January 1, read, Janu- read Proverbs 1 and just meditate on it. I n- I have friends. Now, let me just say, this is not my habit. Uh, I have kind of a, a disciplined, undisciplined life. <laughs> Here, My discipline is I study all the time for what I'm saying and what I'm communicating. I'm always in a mode of study. I'm, I'm never not studying and learning. So I am growing spiritually, but... From the standpoint of just a personal, a devotional life, I'm not the greatest on planet earth. Uh, and so I struggle with that because I'm always studying the Word. Now, I find devotion in all of that, but that's no excuse. Uh, how many of you don't preach and teach twice a week somewhere, somehow, some way? Okay, so maybe you could do something that I don't do and read through Proverbs or, or just develop something like this because there is wisdom and revelation in the Word of God. So I'm just going to show you seven blessings and benefits of embracing the wonderful counsel and the wisdom of God in your life. So, uh, you can write these down if you like. So, uh, the first one is that I see kind of prevalent throughout the Word of God is this, uh, that when you embrace the wonderful counsel, one of the great blessings and benefits, it's a protection from evil influences in your life. And you see that throughout Uh, Proverbs, especially the first uh, couple of chapters, let me just show you some of this. Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 8. Uh, And of course, the first seven verses has to do with gaining wisdom and instruction and 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 increasing in learning and becoming a man of understanding. But look what he says in verse 8. He said, My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains around your neck. In, in a positive way, not in a chained around your neck in a bondage kind of way. But then he says, My son, if sinners entice you, then he gives this long instruction about watching out for the temptations of the world and for the people who are are, are out there to harm you and not help you. Uh, And then verse 20, he says, Wisdom calls aloud outside in the streets and raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses, uh, and then uh, wisdom talks to those to the foolish who are resistant to the wisdom and speaks trouble and despair upon them but look in verse 33 of chapter 1 but whoever listens to me speaking of wisdom will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil somebody go shazam shazam look at your neighbor and say that's awesome In other words, the wisdom of God in your life, when you, when you yield yourself to the word and the will of God, when you move into the presence of God and begin to listen and, and ask and reverence Him, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, when the, when the wonderful counselor comes on you. You know, I know some people, and I used to be one more than I am now, who they think they've got it all figured out. And you know what the proverb says about that? They're just foolish. If the man thinks it, he's got it all figured out, he's just foolish. It's just stupid. But I know people like that. They really don't think they need anything from anybody or anything because they got it all figured out and they're smarter than God. That's just foolish. The fool has said in his heart, no God. So, hey, when we get into the presence of God, that verse 33, you ought a man, just look at that a moment. But whoever listens to me, will dwell safely, speaking, listen to the voice of wisdom, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Somebody say amen. Now, look in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10, just a few verses here. that We could read about nine, but let me just jump in here. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, see that, to deliver you from the way of what? evil from the man who speaks perverse things from those who leave the paths of upright who who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked whose ways are crooked who are devious in their paths to deliver you from the immoral woman from the seductress who flatters with her words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her god wow somebody say wowzers and so what do we learn we learn that hey when we embrace uh the wonderful counselor in our life it is a protective hedge against the evil influences in the world and let me just say they are everywhere are they not how how many of you got your phone handy anybody has uh anybody connected to the inner way up there you know you got how many of you know that could be a tool for good but you know what you can you can access evil from your phone. Lord help us, Jesus. It's easily accessible. And so much so now that, hey, you, you know, and hey, and I'm appreciative of efforts to, to f- filter that stuff out of our lives. But let me tell you where the, the filter has to be, the filter has to be in our hearts. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you know, uh, you can hide the cookies from your kids, but they will find them. They'll figure out a way to get around the, the lock or the child protect They'll find the cookies. And that's the way sinful humanity is. It's our nature to do stupid things. And so uh, the more wisdom of God we get, the greater the filter in our hearts. Uh, and so uh, it provides a pr- protective hedge uh, against evil influences. Look one more quickly. Uh, Proverbs 7. Uh, I think I've got it pretty good here. But look at verse 1 through 5. My son... Keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law is the apple of your eye. Bind them on the finger, on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. You see how wisdom and knowledge and understanding, it's a protective Hedge against the evil of this world. How many of you know that's a valuable, priceless commodity in the world we live in today? Did you know it's still possible to be holy in the middle of an unholy world? It's it's possible to be righteous in the middle of an unrighteous world. We just need to fellowship and engage ourselves and embrace the Christ of Christmas as the wonderful counselor in our life. And he'll help us with that foolish nature. Amen? Number two, what I see in Scripture in a lot of different places that uh, the wonderful counsel, one of the blessings and benefits of the, the wonderful counsel of Christ is that it provides leadership into upright living. doesn't just guard us from evil, but leads us into righteous living. Now, righteous living is much more than just not sinning. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It, there's, there's attitudes and actions and how many of you know you can, you can, uh, resist temptation and that's good. But when you begin to build a lifestyle of holy, uh, thought and holy living and victorious, uh, you know, um, um, uh, living, it's a whole new level of of victory. Look in Proverbs two, verse seven through nine. You can backtrack here. Uh, what did he What did he say here? He, he said, uh, uh, he, "Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path." And when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you and to deliver you. We read that a a moment ago, but what did it say? You'll understand righteousness and justice. It will lead you into the path of upright living. Amen. Let me show you a New Testament verse. I really love this one. Go all the way over to James. Take a right. Here we go. Let me hear those pages turning. I know I can't hear the, the phone uh, pages flipping, but uh, uh, go over to James. I love this verse right here. It talks about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom uh, 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 of God. Look in verse 15. Uh, it's talking about the wisdom of the world. It says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and Demonic. From where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But catch verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What's he saying here? The wisdom of God will lead you into upright living. Now, let me just liberate you here for a second. Our foolish nature will not lead us into upright living. In fact, Colossians says, making a set of rules about being do's and don'ts they sound good, but they're of no value against fleshly indulgence. I think it's Colossians three. The rules: don't touch, don't taste, don't do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You know, you ever heard anybody say, "Well, Christianity is just a big list of do's and don'ts." You ever heard that kind of argument? Uh, well, you know, there is some commandments of God, but how many of you know? Uh, being a parent has a list of do's and don'ts. I mean, there is there is some reality to that, but it's it's not j- righteousness is not found in Gritting your teeth and saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And in your own strength, you and I, because our nature is, is one of sin, cannot lead an upright, holy life in our own strength. I've met people trying to obey all the rules. But that's not how you do it. I'm just going to grit my teeth and obey all the rules. How many of you know, wonderful counselor, as we yield to him, he will lead us into the way of righteousness. Amen? I was thinking today about some people, and uh, just so you know, I don't think any of you are here who I was thinking about, but there are some people who are always on the fringes, wanting to fellowship with God, and they want all his blessings and benefits, but they don't want to follow him into righteous living. And it just makes no sense to me. You want the blessings and the benefits, but you don't want his character and nature in your life. And so, when we yield a wonderful counselor, he leads us in the way of righteousness. Amen. Amen. It's not It's not a system of obeying the rules. It's a lifestyle of following and listening and obeying His loving commands in our life. And so that's a great benefit uh, and a blessing in our life as we embrace the wonderful counselor. Another one I see in Proverbs, in these first few Proverbs, is it provides guidance in our coming and going in life. How many of you know we need we need prophetic revelation in our life. We need supernatural guidance. That's what wonderful counselor is. Wonderful counselor is miraculous uh, wisdom and revelation in our life. Look in Proverbs chapter 3, the first six verses. This is some of my favorite Proverbs and probably yours too. Now listen, you ought to memorize this. It says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Look at this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. and, And in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. And what will he do? He will direct your path. That's power path. Again, I find people want direction, but they don't want to trust in Him with all their heart. They don't want to write uh, the commands and the Word of God on their heart and, and, and meditate on the law of the Lord and lean not to their own understanding. Uh, but listen... When you engage the wonderful Counselor, when you embrace Him, when you begin to trust Him with all your heart and you ch- and you set your understanding aside and, and you look at your life and you say, all my ways, everything I do, the, how I treat my wife, how I treat my husband, how I raise my kids, how I shine my light in the world around me, how I plan for my future, I'm acknowledging Him. He's in charge of it all. He's the Lord of glory. The government's on His shoulder. I'm submitted to him. My Bible tells me he will will direct your path. And another passage of Scripture says you'll hear the the word of the Lord behind you saying, This is the way. Go ye in it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And my friend, we need that today more than ever. Everything that glitters is not gold. We need the word of the Lord in our life. So he provides direction and guidance in our coming and going. Look at Proverbs 3.23. It says this down in the latter part. It says, uh, uh, then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. Did you get that? Most people stumble in the darkness and call themselves Christians. Listen, the, the, the wonderful counsel in our life will provide wisdom and revelation and guidance and safety in our way, and our foot will not stumble. Look what he, let me back up and read verse 21 and verse 22. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion for they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and you, and your foot will not stumble. Man, guidance and protection in our coming and going by shining his light and revelation in our life. That's a powerful blessing and benefit to embracing the wonderful counselor. And then number four, Uh, When we embrace the wonderful counselor, one of the blessings and benefits is health and healing for our body, soul, and spirit. I'm telling you, the wisdom and revelation of God is like a pleasant ointment, if you will, uh, a healing balm in our life to heal us in every way. Look in Proverbs 3, verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, which is reverencing God, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and what? Strength to your bones. And so when you don't when you refuse man's wisdom and you embrace the wisdom of God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, uh, it, there's a health that comes upon you. And, and again, let me just say, you know, as we've looked a yeah, Sunday and even today about the foolish nature of man, there's a lot of spiritually sick people in the world, Christian folk, who, who need healing in their hearts and healing in their minds and even healing in their bodies. And let me tell you something, the wisdom of God, when you embrace the wonderful counsel, He'll bring, in fact, the root meaning of wonderful counselor is miraculous resolution or or resolving of things. A miraculous resolving of things. How many of you know that sounds like healing to me? Amen. He'll bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit. Look in Proverbs 4, verse 20 and 22. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. How many of you know all their flesh is not just your body? the totality of who you are, to all of who you are, amen? The wisdom of God is provides health to us, body, soul, and spirit. Let me throw one more at you. How many can handle one more? It's uh, chapter 9. Flip over to chapter 9 of Proverbs 10 and 11. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be what? multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Let me throw this thought out to you. Now, there's some theological differences in what I'm going to say to you. Some people believe, as you would read in Scripture, your days are numbered, and they're preset, God knows, and I know God knows the future and the ending, but uh, you you lend yourself to, uh, you know, a pretty rigid... uh, um, uh, mindset when you think that way but when you read this verse and other verses let me just throw this hypothesis out to you if we lend ourselves to, to, to st- our natural stupidity and our foolishness it can shorten our days I'm not, this is not a law it's a hypothesis here because I'm not not putting the law out, because how many of you know you've met some 102-year-old stupid people? I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is not a law. But look what he says. If you fear the Lord, and and you embrace the wisdom of God and the knowledge of the Holy One, your days can be lengthened. And we... Now, it's just a thought. How I many of you know some of the addictions of this world, just natural addiction, whether it's nicotine or alcohol, they shorten our days. And it's just, what is it? Come on, let's be honest. If, if you're sucking nicotine down your lungs and asking Jesus to give you a long life, pardon me, I'm not. I mean, I'm being critical. That's just the way it is. That's just why. Come on, say it. Stupid, especially especially with the price. Have you have you ha, have you price checked a pack of cigs lately? Lord Jesus, <laughs> man, man, I I I was at the somewhere and I looked five or six bucks. I am going, whoo! If I was a smoker, I'd quit today. If I was a two packer a day, can you imagine? Now, if you are a smoker here tonight, I am not being critical. I am just being honest. Am I? This is not rocket science. Read the back of the package. <laughs> so so understand something The wisdom of God Can come into our life And heal that in us Amen I've got a lady in our church right now She's I haven't talked to her today I have to keep her uh, I have to make sure That she's still not smoking But she started About a month ago And the last You know for two or three weeks She said I'm still kind of cranky But I hadn't smoked a cigarette So Hey God can heal us. If you're addicted to something, He can give you wisdom and revelation and healing in your life, and help you increase your days. Amen. Somebody say Amen. amen. So uh, uh, I, I I really believe that. And then number, let's see, one, two, three, four. Let's do number five. The fir- fifth thing that I see that that the uh, wonderful counsel provides as a blessing and a benefit, it provides joy and happiness in our journey. Now, I just like this. Provides joy and happiness in our journey. Uh, and look at Proverbs 3, verse 13. Let me show you this one. Back to Proverbs 3, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. And that's just clear as crystal, isn't it? When you gain wisdom and revelation and insight from God, it births a happy heart in you. Look at verse 18. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, speaking of wisdom. And happy are all who retain her. When you get the wisdom of God operating in your life, one of the side benefits is the joy and happiness of God in your journey and let me just throw this as an as a almost uh, not hypothetical statement, something that I believe to be true. If you're walking in your own wisdom, if you're not tr- like Proverbs 3, if you're wise in your own eyes uh, and you're not trusting in the Lord and you're not fearing God, you're probably not a very happy guy. And if there's a loss of joy in your life, could it be that there's a lack of wisdom from God in your life? Possibly. Everybody say amen. amen. And so... When we embrace the wonderful counselor, there's great blessing and benefits. And then, uh, number six, it provides promotion and honor in our life. Listen, God, when we gain his wisdom, when we humble ourselves and gain his wisdom, he knows he can then trust us and he will honor us and promote us. Look in Proverbs four, verse seven through nine. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Everybody say get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Everyone say get understanding. Yeah, he said, in all you're getting, I like this. Whatever you're out g- getting, you better get wisdom. In all your efforts in life, and there, hey, there's a lot of great things to go and get. I mean, even tangible things. I, you know, I had a, a, I guess a homeless guy. He's walking the highway, came in needing some food, and I didn't have any, and didn't have any money either, and. and You know, I I said, I'm sorry, sir. I I just don't have anything. And He's kind of mumbling and, you know, bless his heart, I just felt bad for him. Uh, uh, But I I thought about him and I thought, man, he's coming just to get something. He needs some wisdom in his life. He needs the revelation of God in his life. And as he walked off, I said, God, open his eyes, you know. And so, hey, look in, look in Proverbs 4, verse 7 through 9. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all you're getting. Get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. That's pretty cool, is it not? And she will bring you honor when you embrace her. You embrace wisdom, she's going to promote you and, and honor you. That's pretty cool. I love what Acts chapter 6 says, you don't need to turn there. Let me flip over there real quickly because it's a ways and we're kind of in a hurry. Not really a hurry, but I'll just hustle through here. Acts chapter 6, verse 3 says this, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom you may appoint... Over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now these are men of service and responsibility that they need to oversee the administration of things in the church that there were some issues and and he and and the word of the Lord was that the the, 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 uh, the direction from the leadership from God was to the leadership find some men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and appoint them in these areas of ministry and service. And it it lends itself to this thing of promotion and honor. It will will put you in a place of trustworthiness, where people can trust you, and people can rely upon you. You know, and in ministry, let me just say, uh, when it comes to Asking people to do things. I have to look and I have to say, are they, would I, pardon me, but I have to do this. You have to do it in your business. You have to do it wherever you go. If you were hiring somebody to mow your yard, you'd have to ask this question in your mind. Can I trust them? Have they exhibited a level of faithful consistency and, and some, some insight where I could trust them and I could pus, I could promote them and honor them in a place of, of, of uh, public service, and so, as we gain that wisdom and revel embrace I love what what the proverb here said, and uh, she, when you embrace her, she will promote you and honor you what a what a blessing, what a benefit and finally, tonight, uh, number seven, uh, one of the blessings and benefits of embracing the wonderful counselor in your life is it provides. Uh, a wealth of riches in your life beyond compare. Go back to Proverbs, I will, and let me just show you this. Uh, and when I say provides wealth and riches, I speak not, of course, just of nickels and dimes and dollars. Because look what the proverb uh, Proverbs eight verse ten says uh, concerning the the value of gaining wisdom and revelation in your life. Proverbs eight verse 10 receive my son or receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her in other words whatever you stack up on the natural level it's not compared to the riches that you're going to find in embracing the wonderful counsel and the wisdom of God in your life. Look down at verse 18 and 19 of that same chapter. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. How many of you know what enduring riches are? Eternal reward. How I many of you know the Bible teaches that Jesus taught us that uh, we don't lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, destroy, but we lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. And he says right here, it says, man, the riches that you find when you get wisdom and revelation, they are enduring riches and, and righteousness. Amen. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Amen. Now I gotta keep reading. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Woohoo! Somebody say amen. But I like that. You know, and I'm convinced that we're not talking just about spiritual treasure here. In fact, my Bible tells me God gives us the power to get wealth. And if we lend ourselves to the wisdom of God, and how many of you have made some stupid financial mistakes? I got mine up. I already confessed one Sunday. I'm not going to do them anymore. It's too embarrassing. But if we lend ourselves to the wisdom of God and the ways of the Word of God, the Bible says... We can inherit wealth, and these this this wisdom of God can fill our treasuries. I like that, Amen. Well, uh, one more verse, Proverbs sixteen sixteen. Go way over there and see what that says. I forgot, so we'll have to just go. Proverbs sixteen sixteen says this: How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Uh, I'm kind of convinced about this principle that if you seek the wisdom of God above the wealth of this world, you might end up with both. Think about Solomon. What did Solomon ask the Lord? He, could, he said, ask me anything. Whatever you ask me, I'll give you. What did Solomon ask for? He didn't ask for wealth and, 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 and fame. What did he ask for? Wisdom. And you know what he got? both that's pretty cool is it not amen there's a lot of benefits uh, to the wisdom of god and uh that's why solomon said in proverbs 4 7 i read part of it wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom in all you're getting get understanding because when you get that everything else starts falling in place In all you're getting, get wisdom and get understanding. Let's stand together. On our best day, church, we are absolutely dependent upon God's wisdom and revelation in our life. Let's just just picture ourselves stepping into His presence right now. And let's apply what we've heard. There's great benefit. There's protection. There's righteousness, there's guidance, there's healing, there's happiness, there's promotion, there's wealth and riches. All we've got to do is lean not to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge Him and trust Him and ask Him and fear Him and listen to Him. And He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us abundant wisdom. Father, today we come before You. We step into Your presence today. And we know the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, is the beginning of wisdom. So tonight we declare our submission to you and we reverence you. And we know that your government will never come to an end. And the government and the authority and the lordship is on your shoulder. We yield ourselves to the governance of God. And we ask you for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We ask you for the spirit of wisdom and understanding to be made manifest in our life. And we trust you for that today. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are. And Lord, in all our getting and all our searching and seeking, let us seek first your kingdom and seek first your wisdom in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.